This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for Counterpoint, brought to you by Pizzaville, 416-736-3636, or pizzaville.ca. I could kill one right now. Let's bring in our counterpointers. We've got them locked and loaded, ready to go. we got John Raz, former Liberal War Room Director. Hello there. Hello. And Bill Hutchison, former broadcaster, longtime journalist, and professor over at Seneca. Hello there. How are you? Just talking a little bit about um, the comments made by Mr. Mueller today, not necessarily the uh, front part of the show about Mr. Trump, but it was a comment that he said at the end of his press conference that, you know, uh, kind of struck a, a bit of fear in me as we approach our next election. Take a listen. I will close by reiterating the central allegation of our indictments that there were multiple systematic efforts to interfere in our election. And that allegation deserves the attention of every American. We are heading into uh, an election in four and a half months, and what went through my mind is, okay, so there were many, many systematic attempts to interfere with the United States election. We've all known this for years, um, and yet I, I asked my, my guest last, uh, last segment, David, you know, are we prepared for the election? He's a security expert, and he's like, Pfft. Not at all. Not at all. And we just had Facebook, you know, in Ottawa, John, basically telling our, our politicians and world leaders, piss off. We're not changing anything. They will not change any of their habits uh, to help stop undermining this. And so my question then becomes, you know, what have we been doing for the last three and a half years? Well, I don't know. I mean, there's there's, there's two topics of conversation there. First of all, the uh, financial and, uh, and, and, and communications interference that's been most principal in Canadian politics has not come from Russia or China. It's come from the United States and vested economic interests, both liberal and conservative, using, interestingly, platforms like Facebook mm-hmm. or other social media platforms. And I just said a long. You're talking about the third-party groups like Lead Now. Uh, I wasn't going to specifically name any of them because they're both conservative yeah, and well, liberal. Ontario and proud liberal. now in Kia. And certainly uh, on the oil issues of the West, it's been pretty active and heavily invested. But when I look at the Facebook stuff, it's very simple for Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook to completely ignore us because neither Stephen Harper's government nor this one have ever made it clear to Facebook what our laws are what laws should be followed, because our laws are a gray fog. Mm -hmm. So how about this, Canada? Let's take responsibility for ourselves and make it absolutely clear what our communications laws are, our free speech laws are. They're very different than those in the United States. And say to anybody who wants to run a social platform, if you're going to operate here, these are the laws, and if you don't follow them, you're out. Fair enough. I don't believe either party has the guts to do it. 
I agree with you. I think uh, politicians are so addicted to these social media platforms because it's their direct access to their base. But, Bill, this government has had three and a half years, and certainly the Harper government could have put in provisions. But really, it was the last election in the Trump versus Clinton election that we realized, okay, we've got real interference happening, and yet no one's done anything. Well, there was real interference in our federal election. Yeah. Uh, Lead now bragged about the fact that they targeted 27 conservative MPs' uh, ridings. Yeah. Um, I don't know why no one seems to care about that kind of interference. We've yeah, you're right. We've had it here for a long time, and and they were quite happy to see them defeated. Uh, But the thing is that the genie's out of the bottle. I don't know that you can put it back in. I don't know that you can you can stop this misinformation from getting through on social media. Other than how how does even if you set laws. They're unenforceable. Uh, social media, you know, extends way beyond uh, countries' borders. So how do you stop that? And, and John, you've run war rooms, and I'm not accusing you, but certainly war rooms have been, uh, have used misinformation on occasion in their campaigns. What? Like and abortion? And I'm not suggesting that you uh-huh. did that. Racism? But what I'm saying is that, that misinformation is, is endemic to a, a, an election campaign. And any voter should not be relying on what they read on Facebook to make their decisions. If that's all they're relying on, then perhaps they shouldn't be voting. They should actually do a little bit more research and pay attention well, to, to serious discourse and, and pay attention to what the can, candidates, say, candidates are saying. But people are now lazy. Now you know why I'm so against they mandatory see, voting. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about misinformation, let's talk about our, our environment minister who, who said, who admitted, <laughs> if you say it loud enough and repeat it often enough, people will believe you. After she said the icebergs were a true sign. Yeah, of I, mean, a, I mean, so should she be banned from social media? Yes. because she's admitted that she, she'll mislead people just by repeating things loudly and, and often enough. So how, do you, how does the government regulate that? I just don't see how it's, it's logistically possible for them to, to enforce laws no, I, without, I, without censorship. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And so I guess we should be prepared for a lot of noise and chaos. In there the will be anyway. Oh, yeah. Even if there weren't social media, there'd be a lot of noise and chaos. Andrea Horvath uh, is blaming the Ford government for spra- scrap- scrapping a section of the ticket sales action uh, I guess, plan, which would have capped resale prices at 50% of original face value. So she's very angry because Raptor tickets are going now for thousands of dollars. And here she was this morning at Queen's Park. The fact that this government believes that uh, families that, that families don't matter, uh, that only the richest people uh, should have the opportunity to go see a sports game, shame on them. <laughs> shame on you. Bill, she's the opposition. Um, and this is the best line of attack. I'm sorry, if, if if we're now talking about the fairness of professional sporting events and concert venues, that all has to be fair. I mean, she's lost her mind. If she's worried about low and middle income families going to sporting events, has she looked at the regular prices for Maple Leaf tickets? I don't buy Maple Leaf yeah. tickets because I can't afford them and I'm, I'm middle class. Uh, I, I think that we don't have a right to be able to buy tickets at a fair price. It's, it's supply and demand. Uh, if you go any number of... of uh, commodities out there, whether it's kids' toys like Cabbage Patch Dolls or Tickle Me Elmo when they were suddenly the hottest ticket out there and people were paying way over the, the price for them. If somebody's willing to pay five ten thousand $10,000 for Raptors tickets to the finals, well, so be it. Yeah. And and I'm sorry, there's no right that, that the average... You know, a wage earner should be able to to go to those to those games. They can go down to Jurassic Park if they want to stand for four or five hours to get That's into Jurassic Park. But but we all know plenty of people who work in government circles who will be in very private, very plush private boxes tomorrow, and they will happily take those tickets, John, while the plebes out there in the middle class will not be going to any games. So this to me is just a bunch of lip service. And I'm aspirational that a good journalist will take photos of them. 
enjoying a gift well beyond what they're allowed journalists to can't afford to get in there yeah <laughs> it's true oh, no, be in Jurassic Park. also in a series of boxes not, unfortunately not not, not oh, so much the press box is far away from they're not the ones you know champing at the bit you know complaining about fairness and sports i'm just saying i don't the box and, and, i usually sit in is right next to the cbc's box and oh, the one i assure we paid you for. there are some journalists I'm in sure. that cbc <laughs> box enjoying the same and, and rights. journalists that sit in that box would not be very smart if they took pictures of, of politicians. Hell, and I'm those going to that box tomorrow. I paid I'm for more, it. I'm more likely to take pictures of those journals. But I'm with you guys. As long as it's a, we live in a free market economy, etc., the, the, the price is it's what the market television. will bear, and that is the way it is. And I mean, I sort of joking with myself on the way down here. I was like, if pa- uh, Luciano Pavarotti came back from the ether and was prepared to sing at the local opera here in Toronto, would Andrea Horvath say, everybody has the right to see opera at good price? The NBA has experimented with virtual reality. So you can put on virtual reality goggles and you can sit courtside. I don't know if they're doing that for the finals. I'd be surprised if they weren't. But to buy a game during the regular season is like $6.99. You put on these goggles and you can do it with your phone and a, a $15 cardboard sure. uh, set of uh, VR goggles. And you can watch the game courtside. And that way, the average and, and you know, low-income people can afford to, to Here's be, what's not unfair. Here's, here's what's unfair, you right to get yelled at by Jake and by Drake? By Drake? Me, in, in virtual reality? <laughs> you, you'll be courtside. You'll be able to see him. That's right. You'll be see, you'll be able to see the... Well, never mind. I'll, if you I'll want, you, you want unfairness, you know, my, my kid was last minute told that he could wear Raptors gear tomorrow because they decided at 3.15 to tell us. And I'm like, well, where do I get that now? And it's sold out. You can't get anything anywhere the government should legislate the prices. Sure, the government should give out raptors. Sure, you can for sixty thousand dollars on, you know, on the online. Speaking of Drake, though, he uh, could be getting benched. There was a report that came out today uh, that the NBA had some phone calls with the Raptors, asking that their ambassador chill the hell out with the courtside antics. And you know, it's not so much the yelling in in players' faces; it's just they don't really like him going on the court. They don't like him massaging the uh, coach's uh, shoulders. Is this all just theatrics, or are they? Do Point. If I might interject, first of all, I don't know what the word ambassador means in these terms. Does that give you special? Yes, yeah, so it's bedazzled jackets. Uh, well, you know, and I have for seven hundred fifty. Yeah, but nobody it. calls me Ambassador Mraz, even if I'd like it. But I will assure you of this: if John Mraz ran out of the court mm. in the middle of a Raptors game mm-hmm. and said, "Don't you know I was once a <laughs> war room director?" I would be arrested and thrown in the bucket in a second, mm-hmm. and you'd be so out in, is, in thirty minutes. And why doesn't why don't the same rules apply to him? I think of to Spike Jake Lee or Drake <laughs> to, to to Drake. Why doesn't Spike Lee? I used to watch him sit on the side of his team. I've watched Jack uh, Nicholson sit on the side of his team. Yeah, they didn't get none out. of them behaved like that. I mean, maybe <laughs> they were just too laid back, a little more cool than Drake. Not a big Drake fan, gotta admit that. But. A lot of people seem to like Drake. Why does he get away with behavior that is actually illegal? Because I think as long as they're us. winning, people are willing to say. <laughs> you hey. know what? You know what? I don't defend Drake on a lot of things, but on this case, I will because he's a distraction to the other team. <laughs> he's like Brad Marchand for the Boston Bruins, who went around licking other players' faces in the middle of a game to distract oh, them, and would they would that. just get absolutely out of their minds. <laughs> 
so distracted I want to see licking of faces. So, I knew you conservatives were really kinky. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say I was going to lick have faces. No idea, but Anywho. We're not going there tonight. All right. All right. Tonight. All right let's uh, take a quick pause. We got Counterpoint, which is brought to you by Pizzaville. 416-736-3636 or pizzaville.ca. We've got part two coming up right after this because, ooh, Jody Wilson-Raybould has a very good day. Thank you to a Quebec judge. We'll talk about that coming up in just a minute here on Point on Global News. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is Counterpoint brought to you by Pizzaville. 416-36736-3636 or pizzaville.com. We got John Raz and Bill Hutchison joining us. Um, talking a little bit about a story that just is not going away. Um, a Quebec judge ruling that yes. Imagine that. Jody Wilson-Raybould was right. There is enough evidence against SNC-Lavalin for them to be tried on fraud and bribery charges. And so it doesn't just validate Jody Wilson-Raybould, but, um, you know, the Liberal government can still very much issue a deferred prosecution, um, you know, this sweetheart deal, right up until a sentence is handed out should this company be convicted. But, you know... The new AG, David Lametti, was asked, are you going to do this? And it's not like he said no. Anything that I can say on this uh, will be hyper-scrutinized. We have now two proceedings before the courts, uh, and therefore I won't, I won't say anything about, it, about a DPA. As to the possibility, I would invite you just to take a look at the law. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I think the ruling today by the judge, John, is pretty clear that there's enough evidence that this government should not continue to fight for this company that uh, has never been about jobs. So, first of all, as uh, somebody who's a fan of the English language, hyper-scrutinized is like super-scrutinized. Scrutinized <laughs> or not, it's like you're unique or you're not. It's like an oxymoron. Let's put that aside. But uh, he said nothing and it's being hyper-scrutinized anyway. Now, let me make more fun of him, <laughs> if you might. Uh, it, I always assumed, I mean, just logically, that if they didn't have enough evidence to proceed, that none of this had been a conversation. So quite frankly, I think that while the Quebec Superior Court Justice confirms that this should proceed, I would have hoped that there was a litmus, there was a basis for a prosecution to meet the mark the whole way along. And as a result, this isn't news at all. Mm. Right, like you would never considering consider a deferred prosecution if there wasn't enough already. What you know, the argument no, but that was, the government's even considering the it argument of my former party was well, but you know, jobs, blah blah blah, whatever, whatever nonsense and Narnia sugar they came up with for this. But I always assumed, and I mean, maybe I'm just a dumb former liberal that there was enough evidence to proceed, or this wouldn't have been a conversation. So I don't understand how this is a headline. Well, it's a headline because this government can't quit SNC. Otherwise, they would have said, "Look, we've moved away from this matter. The issue's done. It is in the courts now." Period. But they can't seem to say that. No, they can't. First of all, by the way, you you can't be considered a, a dumb former liberal if you're a former liberal. You're that proves d- that you're not dumb anymore. Oh. So, uh, I had a word of it, but there you go. I feel better about my self-esteem. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah, obviously, there was evidence thanks. there because one of their executives already pleaded guilty to this, 
And and the fact they were seeking a deferred uh, prosecution agreement means that there has to be a lot of evidence there. My concern at this point is that there's been such a delay in prosecution that are they going to get off ultimately yeah. on delaying, you know, not having a timely uh, trial? Well, there's always the, the, that. The government cannot possibly offer them a, a DPA at this stage. Sure they can if they win the election. If they win the election, yes. I was going to finish <laughs> saying, unless they win the election with a majority. Uh, if they do it before the election, that will just kill them right there. Uh, but I, I, I'm I'm happy that it's still in the news. I'm happy that people are still talking about SNC Lavalin because it reminds them of of the travesty and the and the, the scandal that was going on uh, just a couple months ago that that fades into the ether very quickly with a lot of voters. Well, yeah, and there's two headlines that are a problem for this government because today's headline of SNC brings it back into the forefront, but also the uh, Senate committee voting that uh, Vice Admiral Mark Norman will testify, and they're calling a whole bunch of other people from the uh, Prime Minister's office and, and this government. And once that testimony comes out, and I understand it's before June 20th, this then again opens a whole can of worms that they thought they probably got rid of with the trial uh, moving away. If I had to prognosticate here, if I had to predict what was going to happen, having just sat and had a coffee before I came here with a bunch of folks who may or may not still have something to do with the military, I believe they will close ranks. Pardon the pun. Well, I don't think Mr. Norman will be part of those ranks. So I'm interested in what he has to say. I would suspect that Mr. Norman will be very much part of those ranks because what Canada needs is a unified military with one and only one mandate, which is to protect Canada as a sovereign state from Mm. all forces, domestic and international. If he is not uh, restored to his former position, then I, I could see him speaking out. I, th- I think he's an honorable fellow. And I Are think we back to the hypothetically, Bill? <laughs> I think he'll talk. I think he'll tell Canadians. Uh, New Brunswick Premier Blaine Higgs says vaccinations can't be optional and that more public education about immunization is needed. And his comment come because, as we're seeing across this country, measles outbreaks are happening. Certainly in the St. John area, they've got whooping cough outbreaks in the Fredericton area. Oh, and they've also got a gonorrhea outbreak. Um, does does the Premier, and, and I know where I have fallen this uh, bill, but does he have the right, and do they have the right, or maybe governments should have the right to say enough? I I think the government should have that right. I think the government should be able to force vaccinations on people because it is for the greater good. I recognize that there will be challenges in the court. I know that we have a charter of rights and there will be uh, some lawyers that will defend that, uh, the right to to say no. But uh, I think in the the greater good for the society is that that you do uh, enforce vaccinations. That or... um you don't let people who aren't vaccinated, other than those who can't be because of their health, they can't partake in things like school. I mean, at some well, they already point, have those laws. Well, yeah, but they're not enforcing them. Not in Ontario, anyway. No, not I mean, we have them, so many exist. people now in the system that are not immunized that we don't have safety in numbers. So clear here. I'm with you, Bill. Uh, see, the people who are suffering here are children whose yeah. parents or have elderly. decided that they know better than the Harvard Medical, like, or whomever, like the medical established around the world. They've decided they know better. They come up with theories. Uh, uh, groups of self-started idiots put themselves together online, convince people of things that demand tinfoil hats and that are in direct 
uh, opposition to the fact that we didn't have the measles problem until they started saying no. Here's the problem. The victims are kids. The parents are the ones who we should be going after. But I do have to sidebar. Is really there an inoculation for God? <laughs> I can see that on your face yes, right John. away. Like, yes, John, it was Does available. That be great, and where do I get one? I'll tell you after. I'm sure there's going to be an online uh, information. We'll get you there. Can you please leave that seat? Is it contagious? It's a little, anyway. a little bit warm. <laughs> uh, the family of a Hamilton yeah, girl a wrong turn. who lost her leg when a train rolled over it last year is uh, suing Canadian Pacific Railway and the owners of a piece of land that allowed what they call easy access to the uh, tracks. And this young girl, you know, she's playing with her friends on a section of this rail uh, when the train stopped. And then I guess it rolled forward and her leg was you know, under it. And I feel for this little girl. I really do. Um, but isn't it on the parents to, to say, look, you, you can't play on the tracks. And I say this, by the way, as a mother of a very curious boy, and you know, John, because you've been to my place, I have a train that runs behind my house about 100 yards away 50 times a day, and I'm going to be telling him very, very soon, you ever go near those tracks, I kick your ass. Um, but isn't, it, isn't the onus on the parents, or do they have a case here? One of the things I love about Canada versus the United States, and you just look at the ads for lawyers in the United States is, Somebody trips on your walk in front of your house in the United States, it's, you know, you're, you're into litigation. In Canada, the tradition here has been parents are responsible for cautioning their children. If we are going to put up a fence and a gate around anything that's dangerous, my child, and I have an 11-year-old, as you know, who lives right next to the tracks as well, yeah. uh, and I explained to him sincerely and with great ferocity when I was young, you will not get near those CN tracks unless you're somewhere near me or your mother, and that's the way that is, because there's a path next to them. I like Canada the way it is. I like the fact we don't litigate anything. Parents are responsible. I feel horrible for what happened to this kid. Mm. I don't think setting a precedent where we can sue any institution, corporation, small business, private business, homeowner, because we did not teach our yeah. kids that the world is a dangerous place. It, it would literally be impossible, I think, Bill, because if, um, as John's saying what he's saying, I'm thinking in my head of all, like the rail yards down at Union. There's so many rails across the country that don't, they're out in the open, especially in ta- small townships all across this country. You can't possibly barricade and, and no, you close can't. them off. You've got, you've got train tracks that go across uh, roadways, so it's very easy to to walk down the road and, and go in that way if you want to get into train tracks. And it sounds in this case like the parents did warn this this child to stay away from the tracks mm. because uh, there's a there's a quote in the in the article that I read that where the little girl looked up at her father when he got there and said, "Dad, don't be mad. Daddy, don't be mad at me." Because she was probably told not to do this, but kids are kids, and they don't always listen, and they do things like this, and it's a very tragic situation. Oh, terrible. But to try and hold the the company responsible for that, I don't think that's gonna. I don't think it's gonna uh, go through the courts. Uh, yeah, it's a fifteen million dollar lawsuit. We don't generally see those kinds. Yeah, I mean, of it's things. heartbreaking, but but life is heartbreaking at times. Things yeah. happen, and and accidents happen, and I know Crap you want to blame somebody, but but in this case. It's just one of those circumstances that happens in life. Yeah. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Always thank you to you, Bill Hutchison. Thank you to you, uh, John. I'm sorry about your problem, but uh, I hope you get that rectified. (laughs) This counterpoint has been brought to you by Pizza Pizza, 416-736-3636, or head on over to pizzaville.ca, and they'll get you all set. Here on Point on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.